Welcome to the Christ Be Glorified Ministries audio podcast. We welcome you to come and join us as we explore the Word of God to open up new levels of glory for every believer to come in closer to the Father. Join Apostle Calvin as he shares the Word of God as the Lord Jesus has revealed it unto him to share with the body of Christ. This is Apostle Calvin Brown of Christ with Glorified Ministries. Welcome to another broadcast centered around the kingdom of God. Amen. This is a special day. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. In other words, this is God's day. He made the day. He created the day. The day is based on the light. And so we get a chance to rejoice and to be glad in it. The Bible says, today, if you will hear his voice and harden not your heart. So in God's day, you hear his voice. If you hear his voice and when you hear his voice, if you will not harden your heart, then you can participate in that day. It's a day of righteousness where Christ rules in our lives amen a day where we use our faith to enter into the righteousness which is of the lord amen so we can be saved we can be healed we can be set free in god's in god's day amen so words are very very important especially the the word of the lord amen and the words of the Lord. Amen. So the Lord wants you to know that you are very special to him. He created you for a reason. He did not create junk. He created you to be an honored vessel, to be the elect of the Lord, to participate with the Lord, to receive salvation, and more than that, to live out a life which blesses the Lord and pleases the Lord and gets things done for for the Lord. Amen. And so I want to hit on that a little bit. God says he loves you. He has a place for you. Amen. He has a purpose for you. Amen. And it is with understanding when the word of the Lord come, you have to understand. Amen. The Bible says when the gospel of the kingdom is preached, and that's what we preach, the gospel of the kingdom, it says that if the people do not understand what is preached when the gospel of the kingdom is preached the enemy the devil comes immediately to snatch that word out of their heart not to let it grow amen to violently come upon them to keep them from entering into the things of god in the maturity of the lord and the kingdom of the lord amen so in second kings second kings chapter 2 Amen. We're going to read quite a bit. We'll read verses 1 through 14. 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 14. And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elijah said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you 
And so they went down to Bethel. So in other words, these were tests that Elisha had served Elijah a big part of his adult life. Amen. And now it is coming to the time and the place where the Lord is going to take Elijah up. And so Elisha is being tested. And so Elisha, Elijah is saying, I got certain places to go. The Lord has told me, but you can go on back. You can go on about your business. And Elijah says, I will not. Amen. As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. Amen. And so he had served, he had served Elijah. Amen. Most of his adult life. So he was with him. And so here we are at the end, and it's so important not to leave the man of God at, at the end, amen, when this transition is going to occur. Verse 3, now, the sons of the prophet were at Bethel, came out to Elisha and said to him, do you know that your Lord will be taken, will take away your master from over you today? I like the King James, it says, from being your head, from over your head. Amen. So we know that you serve the head. Jesus is the head of the church. Amen. And so Elijah is the head over Elisha. That's important to the story. There's so much in this story that I don't have time to go down, go through and break down everything. But that is an important key. Did you know? That the Lord is going to take your head from over you today. Amen. And so it would be impossible for Elijah to still be in the earth and the Lord to take him away as head. Amen. While Elijah was still here. It says that... Um, and he said, yes, I know. Keep silent. Verse four. And Elijah said to him, Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said to him, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho and the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elijah and said to him, do you know that you, the Lord will take away your master from over you today or being head over you today? And he answered, yes, I know, keep silent. So there's a transition from being to, to operate in your own, amen. So you can operate under the head, which he did, he served him. But now the head is fixing to be taken away in, in, a, in a way, amen. And so that was at Jericho. Verse six, then Elijah said to him, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jordan. And he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. And 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance. And the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, struck the water, and divided. it was divided this way and that so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. So that's supernatural. Jordan has always been a supernatural place. Crossing of the Jordan has been a supernatural thing. This time the, the, the 
happenings of crossing the Jordan is accomplished by the mantle. The mantle striking the Jordan, um, providing a supernatural entrance to walk across the Jordan on dry ground. So is the mantle, what's the mantle? Mantle is the coat that is associated with the man of God. It is, it is a coat, no matter where it came from, the mantle is signified something that's from the Lord, the, the authority that is, is from the Lord to operate for, for the Lord. Amen. The, 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 the carrying of that anointing for, for the Lord, for the purpose of the Lord, given by the Lord, not given by man, given by the Lord. So no matter where you got the, the, the natural mantle, purchased the, the mantle, it becomes synonymous with you. And this is what I want to speak to ministry, to ministers, amen. The things that are of the Lord, you become so one with the Lord that what you carry, amen, what people see, of you that you are carrying is of the Lord. So they identify you by the mantle. Amen. And the mantle is given by the Lord. Everybody wants to go around with mantles, and yet there are not many mantles. Holy Ghost. Mantles given to the man of God. Amen. To represent the Lord. Amen. And so you can serve like Elisha did. Elisha, he served. Elijah, amen. To be qualified to fit under the mantle, you can serve under a mantle, amen. And when the time arises for you to do whatever you, you need to do, you can operate by that mantle that's given unto you by the man or afforded unto you. In other words, it is still with the man of God, but you're operating under that mantle. You're, you're not against the man of God. And you have taken the time to know him intimately through, through service. Amen. That you are loyal. You would not be against him or turn your back against him. Amen. So these are these are principles. This is not trying to make anybody be anything or it is what it is. It is it is the word of God. Amen. I want to show you some examples in the word of God, in the life of Elijah and the life of Elisha. Amen. I want you to know that Elijah had served God for many years without Elisha. Amen that Elijah has served God many years, but God was the one that told him, and the, God was the one who chose Elisha to serve him. So it is, it is of the Lord. This, this whole story is of the Lord. It is, it is not, Lord, what is it? This, it is not about selfishness of Elijah. It's not about selfishness of Elisha. Wanting to do their thing is all about the will of God. Elijah was the man of God. That means he served the Lord only. Amen. His life was service unto the Lord. God gave him someone to serve him, 
to be in position to receive all that God had imparted into Elijah. Amen. We shall, we shall see this in this story. Amen. It says, verse 9, And so it was when they had crossed over, that's the Jordan, that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you before I'm taken away from you? So Elisha was in position. He had served him, and he did not leave him even at the end. And he had his, I'm going to add this, he had of his spirit, amen. There's no way to serve someone without being a partaker of their spirit. So that one that was served had to be of the Lord so that the spirit that you're partaking of is the Lord's spirit, that which identifies that person with the Lord. We know that Elijah was a mighty man of God, amen. We could go through all his exploits. He's a mighty man. He belonged to God. So Elisha has put himself in a position to receive, not trying to, um, <laughs> to deceive the man of God through guile, get close enough, just long enough to get a tap, <laughs> so he can run off and say that he has Elijah's mantle or Elijah's spirit. Amen. I'm going to make a slight distinction between the mantle and, and the spirit, amen, in this story, amen. And so it says, ask what I may do. This is verse nine for you before I'm taken from you. So again, Elijah's using the verbiage to be taken from you, amen. That, that means that Elijah, in a sense, amen, belonged to Elisha. Amen. Given by the, this whole thing was set up by the Lord. Hallelujah. Verse 10, I said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. In other words, if you see me when I'm taken from you, this thing that you asked for, a double portion of his spirit. That's verse 9 says what he had asked. What is he asking? A double portion of Elijah's spirit. Amen. So everybody loves the double portion and everybody preaches on the double portion. Everybody celebrates receiving the double portion. But what does the word say about the double portion? You know, that's, that's kind of like the word about the hundredfold. Everybody wants the hundredfold. But the scripture says the hundredfold comes with persecution. <laughs> Man. And so, yeah, you can have, I'm not trying to dissuade you. You can have the hundredfold. Amen. And, but the double portion, amen, is, is reserved for those Hallelujah, whom the Lord has designated, the Lord designated for Elisha to take Elijah's place. Amen. So he says, this is a hard thing. It's not a hard thing to release that double portion of his spirit. That's, that's not the hard part. The hard part is to operate 
to position yourself to receive that double portion and to operate under the double portion. So that's what I want to do today. I want to give some understanding about that double portion. You want the double portion. Amen. What does it actually mean? How do you get it? Amen. How do you know you got it? Hallelujah. And so why did he say it's a hard thing? Amen. Because with everything with the Lord, there are, there are requirements, you know, that grace has taught people that there are not requirements. And yet there, there are requirements. Amen for Elisha even to have been in a position to receive, he had to serve him, amen, and to be faithful and to be loyal and to, um, what, is, what is the word? Not to divulge his secrets, amen. So when you're serving the, the, the man of God, amen, it's, you're in a privileged place, amen. So you don't handle that in an unworthy way. This whole thing was orchestrated by the Lord. So it is holy. That which comes from the Lord is holy. So the prerequisite is if you see me when I ascend. Amen. So the prerequisite for Elisha is that if you, if you see me when I go up. Amen. You act a hard thing. But if you see me when I go up. He said that was a hard thing. Verse 11 then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Amen. So into heaven. Where did Elijah go? He went to heaven. Amen. That's, that's important. Amen. He's still alive, but he went to heaven. It's a type. Hallelujah, we'll show of Jesus going to heaven. Amen. And so Elijah went up by a whirlwind in, into heaven. Elijah saw it. And Elijah saw it and cried out, verse 12, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more. And he took of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. That was customary. Amen. If there was a thing of mourning or grief or if there was a great um, of shock or abomination that people would tear, tear their clothes. If there was something so important. Amen. So, so big that people would tear their clothing. And so he took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah. Amen. You can say that. He took, Elijah, he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, where is the God of Elijah? And when he had struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over. Amen. So that's, that's sufficient enough of the story to get started, amen. So it was with the mantle. Why? Why was the mantle dropped? For the mantle was for serving the Lord to be the man of God. Amen. He carried a mantle. Amen. When he was ready to go into heaven, that you don't need that mantle in heaven, but we do need it in this earth. Amen. So the mantle 
dropped off of Elisha and it was for Elisha, the one that was close to him that had served him. Amen. So verse nine, it was contingent upon him seeing him when he went up or ascended. Amen. Next chapter. In the next chapter, 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 11. Amen. This is um, when the king of Israel and, and Judah are inquiring of the Lord whether they should go into battle against Moab. Amen. Who had rebelled against them. You know, they had Moab in subjection, but Moab rebelled. And so they wanted to go to battle. And all the prophets were saying to Ahab and to the rest of the kings with them, go into battle for the Lord has given the victory into your hand. Well, that did not satisfy Jehoshaphat. Something was missing. Something was hollow. In verse 11, Jehoshaphat said, is there no prophet of the Lord here? that may inquire of the Lord by him. So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha, the, the son of Shaphat is here who poured water on the hands of Elijah. Amen. So this is not Ahab answering. Amen. This is a servant of the king answering. So I know a prophet. <laughs> I know a prophet, Elisha, what is he known for? He poured water on the hands of Elijah. Amen. He served, he served Elijah. And so he is known as a prophet indeed. Everybody else said, go, you go. The Lord has given you the victory, but something rang hollow with the king of Judah. He said, is there not a true prophet of the Lord, a real prophet? Somebody from God. Amen. And so the servant says, Elisha, what is Elisha known for? He poured water on the hands of Elijah. He served. He served Elijah. That's what he was known for. Amen. That's how he got in position. Amen. To receive the double portion and to receive the mantle. Amen. So what am I trying to say? Ministry. Amen. You can't serve the Lord unless you can serve the one whom the Lord has given you to serve. Amen. I know that's that's a hard saying for a lot of people. A lot of people say, you know, I can be a Christian by myself in in my house, you know, just hearing from God. But the Bible says, who is Paul or Apollos? You know, who is who is Cephas? Who is Paul? Who is Apollos? but ministers which the Lord has given unto all. What is the minister for? To show you the price. <laughs> what is the minister for? True minister is going to show you the price that needs to be paid. Amen. So God is giving you an example through a minister who pays the price. Amen. To serve God, there is a price to serve God. You don't do what you want. You, you have to be so broken and love the Lord so much that you do what the Lord wants to be called 
A man of God or a woman of God means just that you're so broken, hallelujah, in your service to God, you love him so much that you only do his will. You only do what he wants. Amen. You don't do what you want. Amen. So that's a different, that's a different type of person where it is good to them. Amen. That to have a spirit, talking about the spirit of God, that only wants to do what God wants. Because most people do what they want. Amen. And so you're not in that position yet. Hallelujah. The Bible says Christ ascended on how he gave gifts to train you, to teach you, to build you up. Amen. To get you prepared for the work of the ministry beginning with the apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Amen. To be an example, the Bible says, to get you ready, to cause you to have an appetite for brokenness only if you want what the man of God has. Only if you have an appetite for what the man of God has or what the woman of God has. Holy Ghost. What do they have? They know the secret <laughs> of brokenness. Hallelujah. What do they have? Somebody said, I don't want that. <laughs> you're, not, you're not ready. Hallelujah. Somebody says, somebody gave up. Mother, father, sister, brother, land, houses, gave up furniture, cars, and stuff. Somebody says, God would not have you to give that up. Amen. Praise be to God. If you're going with God, there will be those who try to keep you from going with God. Amen. And so you have to be able to resist that. There will be things which will be required of the Lord. You have to count it as dumb. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother... Apostle, you saying count my Bentley as dumb? Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do you know how long it took me to get this six-bedroom, five-bathroom house? Yeah, count it. It's dumb if, if it is required of the Lord. Amen. Amen. There shall be nothing ahead of the Lord. You will be tested. Amen. And so to be a minister, it means to serve. So you'll have to be close to someone who has paid the price or you don't even know the secret. You don't even know what he knows. You don't know what is propelling him. Amen. You, you don't even know what is motivating that man of God. You don't even know what is motivating that woman of God because you have not served the one who paid the price. Amen. So ministry means to serve it's not to make a name for yourself. Ministry is based on love. Amen. So because of love, God gave Elijah to Elisha. He gave them to him. Some of you don't know gifts. God's trying to give you gifts and you keep rejecting the gifts. Amen. Because of your, your appetite for the world, you have no place for the gifts of God, which get this, come from heaven. Amen. Every good and perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights, in whom there's no variableness nor shadow of turning. Okay, so I'm setting it up 
but I got a ways to go, so I'm going to have to hurry up. St. John chapter 13. St. John chapter 13, verses 12 through 17. Amen. So when he, Jesus, had washed their feet, taking his garments, he sat down again. And he said to them, do you know what I've done to you? So Jesus washed the disciples' feet. You call me Master and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. So um, a perspective of master is not only to rule, but also to teach. A true master teaches you what he knows. Amen. He's a master teacher. Amen. But he doesn't waste stuff. Amen. He, he does not throw pearls before swine. You have to really want it. So a master teaches to disciples. Those are the ones that want it. He says, you don't know what I did, but you call me master and Lord, and you said well, for so I am. If then your, if I then, your Lord and master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. I've given you an example that you should do as I've done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, your servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So Jesus, there's a blessing in knowing these things. A servant is not greater than the master. So, even though Elisha had the double portion, he was not greater than Elijah. That, that is a misnomer because the Bible says that the student, the servant, is not greater than the master or the master teacher. Amen. He is given an example. Amen. You say, well, then why the double portion? It's for what is coming. The master serves his generation. Now, what is coming requires a double portion. It, it, it requires more of the Spirit of God to get the job done. So let's straighten it out that the servant is not greater than the master. Everybody talking about the Joshua generation. Joshua is going to be greater than Moses. No, the servant is not greater than the master. <laughs> Amen. The Bible says it's enough to be as, as the master, but you can handle double. You can handle more. You can handle the double portion if your heart is ready, if you are positioned to receive the double portion. Amen. So Jesus gave the example. He is Lord and master. Yet he washed his disciples feet to give them an example of what they are called to do. They are called to be ministers. A minister is a servant. Amen. Amen. So Jesus is, has given them an example of what it is to minister to, to serve. He says that he didn't even come, amen, to be served, amen, but to serve others. Amen. And so the servant is not greater than the master. Okay. So in Mark, the book of Mark, amen, chapter 12, amen. A lot of times people speak that which they know not of, amen, especially I've seen people talk about ministers of God. I've seen people talk about me. I've seen people talk about my wife. 
why but it's not about me or, or my wife but many times people speak that which they don't know amen and so it's a dangerous thing to speak that which you don't know because you could slip you could fall you could stumble you could err and not even know it because you're speaking that which you don't know amen and so god has given it unto me to teach the principles of the kingdom amen you say i don't believe that i don't want i'm just it's in the word. God gave it to me amen, to teach, to teach others. And God gave it to my wife. Verses 29 through 31. Mark chapter 12, verses 29 through 31. Jesus answered him, the first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like it, is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. So these are the two greatest commandments. Two greatest commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then the second one is like unto it, is that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The greatest, the greatest commandments, amen. And so these are... The commandments of Christianity, the commandments of ministry, amen, the commandment. This is the revelation. The Lord your God is one. So you're called to be one with the Lord. You do so by loving him with above everything, amen. So what is the secret that Elijah, for instance, learned to love the Lord with, with everything? And what's the second part of that secret? Out of that loving the Lord with everything, now love others or to serve others or to minister unto others. Amen. So serving God is based on love. Love is based on obedience. Amen. Jesus, if you love me, you will obey me. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. So serving God is based on love. You love the Lord with everything. And then out of the, God's love, if you're loving the Lord, you use God's love to love other people. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So love is based on obedience. Now, obedience is a work of the Holy Spirit. A lot of people don't know that because it's all about and the Lord Jesus told me this when he released me into ministry and he began to take me to himself and to take my wife into himself and he began to teach us. He says, it's all about kingdoms and spirits. He says, it boils down to that, what kingdom you are of, operating of, and what spirit you're operating of. It's all about kingdoms and, and spirits. So obedience is a work of the Holy Spirit. It's what I said earlier. You are called to abide in him and for him to abide in you by the word of God and by the Holy Spirit abiding in you. The Bible says he will guide and lead you into all truth, what God calls truth, not what you call truth. You have to get with God what God calls truth. So you must be willing to do what God calls truth. Amen. So obedience to God is a work of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, do you think that the scripture says in vain that the Holy Spirit who dwells 
in you yearns jealously or lusteth to envy. That's what that means. He is envious against the spirit of the world. The spirit of the world is out there trying to pull you, trying to draw you, trying to manipulate you, trying to make you do stuff. Amen. But the Lord put his spirit on the inside of you who is yearning jealously. God says that my name is jealous. God is a jealous, jealous God. And so the, to be willing and obedient, he that is willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land. So there's the Holy Spirit in you that makes you willing and obedient as you yield. It's falling upon the stone. As you yield unto the abiding presence of the Lord, that you love him that much that you will do what the Holy Spirit teaches you to do, guides you to do, and you will not do what the Holy Spirit says not to do. You don't say, well, I got grace. I'll do what I want to do. No, the abiding presence of the Lord. So obedience is a work of the Holy Spirit. Through abiding, he leads you to a place of death of self. Amen. Where's the Holy Spirit leading you? Where's he guiding you? To a place of death of self so that you can serve the Lord acceptably. Amen. That's, as long as your flesh is alive, you cannot serve the Lord acceptably. So the death of self, where God's desire is the greater, is greater than your self's desire. Amen. So Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your hope, all your heart, your soul, your strength, your mind. Your heart is the center of life, the seat of life. Proverbs 4.23 Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. So life flows out of the heart. I want you to see that. Jesus says it's not what goes in a man, but what comes out of a man. If you let that which defiles goes in you and it comes out of your heart, you are defiled. But if you guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the virtue, the streams, the rivers of life. Amen. The love of God is poured out of your heart, flows out of your heart. The life of God flows out of you. So love the Lord with all your heart. The center of life, the seat of life, with all your soul. It is that part which interacts with your surroundings. It is the chooser. It is that which chooses right from wrong with all your strength. That is your force or your passion. That everybody has a passion for something and that, that, that which you have a passion for, there's force. A force always goes with passion. If you can get people riled up passionately, you get people to do anything. <laughs> Amen. You can get people to run through a troop and jump over a wall. Amen. A coach of, over football or basketball or something, if he can get his people to be passionate, he can get them to operate optimally. Amen. So with Passion comes force. Amen. And with all your mind, all of it, all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind. So your mind is your thought. Your intellect is your understanding. So why is that scripture so important? It's the secret that the man of God knew. <laughs> Amen. 
It's the secret that Elijah knew that he had given himself to, that he was willing to teach Elisha, amen, through service, through being a servant, amen, a servant's heart, through ministering to him as he ministered unto the Lord and God's, and God's people, amen. So there's a method to everything. There's, there's a reason, there's a way, amen. So the double portion comes to the person that sees their master ascend unto heaven, amen. So there's a transition, amen, when your master is removed from you. As long as your master is alive, you can operate under your master's mantle, but there will be a day when your master will be taken away if the Lord's tarries, amen, that your master will be taken away. You say, I thought Jesus was my master. He is, if you know the secret, amen, as you study those ministers that God has given unto you, amen, as you are close to them, as you're willing to serve you're going to find something out. Amen. You're going to unlock something in yourself. There, there are things which have to be opened before you can be who God called you to be. There's gifts that have to be opened. There's doors. There's things that have to be unlocked in you that most people are kind of bound up. They are not free to give out themselves. Amen. And so there are secrets. There are things in you which has to be revealed unto you. <laughs> Amen. Most people are afraid to know all that is, that is in them. But all that is supposed to be in you is of the Lord. Anything that is not of the Lord, you must be willing to let the Lord take it away from you, to destroy it, to pulverize it, to be no memory of it. A true person that is delivered, they have no memory of it. Amen. Though they may have a testimony, they don't talk about all the sins that they used to do in great, in great detail. The testimony is that the Lord took it away. He took away even the taste or the memory of it. Amen. So the master is one who paid the price to receive from the Lord. Amen. And they have received. The master is the one that has Receive by revelation the greatest commandment is to love with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself, as all of your life. That's the only thing in me. Love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then to love my neighbor as myself. That's all I know. Amen. I have I have no other part of me. <laughs> Amen. So you see why it's a hard thing. You actually a hard thing. Amen. But if you see. When your master is taken away. <laughs> Praise be to God. In Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 1, beginning with verse 8 through 11. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 through 11. Jesus says to his disciples, this is the resurrected Jesus. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. So the same thing. He says, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost 
has come upon you. So he's, he's talking about, actually, I'll show you a double portion. He's saying that the Holy Spirit coming upon you will be a double portion of operation of my spirit. Amen. So the disciples who became apostles, they are not greater than Jesus, but they put themselves in position to receive his mantle and the double portion of his spirit because they were there to see him being taken out of their, out of their sight. They served him. Amen. For those three and a half years where Jesus ministered upon this earth, they served him. Now they're there in the end to see him just like Elijah was there in the end to see Elijah. The apostles are there to see Jesus being taken up. Verse 10, while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men or angels stood by them in white apparel, who also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Holy Ghost, I feel him. This same Jesus. Woo. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. Amen. Woo. Hallelujah. Give me time to compose. It's not a bad thing that the Holy Spirit is coming upon me. Amen. Because he is magnifying something. He is expressing something. Holy Ghost, as I read the scriptures, Holy Ghost, just give me a little time. Amen. Holy Ghost. <laughs> Ghost. Hallelujah. Who said to the men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. So Jesus will return. Amen. But until Jesus returned, Jesus says, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you to be my witnesses. Amen. You shall receive power to receive the Holy Ghost. When, you, when the Holy Ghost has come upon you to be witnesses to me. Amen. So, Jesus going up to heaven. Amen. Problem Amen. People need to still need to be saved. People still need to be healed. Devils need to be cast out. The blind still need to see. Amen. Jesus, you in heaven. That's why a lot of folks said that the works of God has stopped. No, I'm going to show you the works of God. They have not stopped. If you see me when I ascend, you're in position to receive the double portion to do more works. Amen. That you're faithful to me, loyal to me. You have served me. I have taught you. You have learned the things that I have taught you. Now you have my spirit. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost. You have my spirit. Amen. And he's chiefly talking to the apostles first. And it spreads to the rest. The rest of the church. Amen. And so the power of God the double portion Jesus gave to his apostles and his mantle because they saw him, the apostles, <coughs> excuse me, the apostles. J 
just like Elisha picked up the mantle, entered the supernatural, crossed over the Jordan, the spiritual Jordan, and began to do a supernatural work. Amen. Hallelujah. So, Elisha saw Elijah go up. And so it was promised to Elijah the double portion. Now, if you can receive Elijah, the Bible talks about Elijah and the spirit of Elijah returning before the return of Jesus. So just like Jesus, the example of Elijah and Elijah is just like Jesus and the church. Amen. So Elijah saw Elijah go up, receive a double portion and his mantle. Mantle and the double portion represents the anointing. I said I was going to touch on that. The anointing is the power and the authority from God. Not you trying to do stuff. It is the power. <clears throat> the dunamis power of God to operate for God because you belong to God. He can trust you. You belong to him. And the authority <clears throat> from heaven and from the Lord to operate. So just like Elijah went to heaven during the tribulation, Elijah will, will come back. Amen. So it, it, is, it is a type before that he will be a witness when he returns. Amen. And so, but his spirit, just like Jesus' spirit, the Holy Spirit, to be a witness, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be a witness. Amen. And John, St. John, St. John, chapter 14, verse 12. St. John chapter 14, verse 12. Jesus tells his disciples, this is before he went to the cross, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also in greater works than these will he do because I go to the Father. So he, he's already said, I'm, I'm, I'm meshing these things together. The blessing of me going to the Father is more expedient to you that I go away because we will send the Holy Spirit. So the greater works, Jesus says, is because I go to my Father. If I go to my Father, I send the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you to do the greater works or the double portion. Amen. Lord, I wish I had more time to, 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 to show you. you. You want the double portion. You line your heart up with the principles of the double portion. So the same way Jesus said that he was going away, he ascended into heaven, he left his spirit, the Holy Spirit, he left his mantle, the authority and the power to do exploits for God. Amen. That the mantle and the person are so close that the mantle is associated with that person. Amen. You, you talk about Elijah. You, you talk about his mantle. What did he look like? He had a mantle. Amen. He was dressed in fur. The church is supposed to be known for the mantle. Amen. Jesus left the mantle to the apostles. And so the ability to 
operate under that mantle. First of all, you know in a, an apostle or even a prophet by the mantle. Okay. But we are not jealous because the mantle is not to make you like you are someone. It is, it's about ministry. It's about being a, a servant unto the Lord and to his people. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. You see, it's, it's connected. The mantle is a lot. Uh, oh, look at him. He's someone. No. The mantle is to operate. It was given because the person was found worthy. They served the Lord. Mantles, and I'm not going to get all into this because people believe or they don't believe. Mantles are given by the Lord. Amen. Mantles are for this earth. So all the mantles that God has given were in the earth somewhere. Amen. Some people served people that had a mantle. Apparently there were certain mantles that were never really picked up after being in this earth and the Lord gave them personally to someone. Amen. And so that, that mantle to operate is in the earth. So everybody that is operating whether they know it or not, they're operating out of under someone's mantle. Amen. That was left in this earth. They're not in heaven. The mantles are not in heaven. When the person is ascended, they leave their mantle. So God gave it. Mantles to the apostles. Amen. Let me, let me see if I can get a little bit more in. Amen. So the greater work or the double portion does not mean you're greater than Jesus. Just like it did not mean that Elisha was greater than Elijah. It is to fulfill righteousness and to help bring about his return. Jesus will return when all righteousness is fulfilled. So we have to get with it. Amen. With the greater works of the Lord. And we have to have the right heart to do that. Amen. In Mark chapter 9. Mark. Chapter 9, verses 33 through 35. Amen. Then he, Jesus, came to Capernaum. That's Mark chapter 9, verse 33 through 35. He came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, What was it you disputed amongst yourselves on the road? But they kept silent, that's the apostles, the disciples, for on the road they had disputed among themselves who would be the greatest. Uh, other uh, passages of scripture, they're talking about who will be greatest in the kingdom. And he sat down and called the twelve and said to them, if anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. So the greatest in the kingdom is the one that knows the secret to receive of God to serve the greatest. Who serves the greatest? The one with the anointing and the mantle can get a lot done or can impart to a lot of folk. <laughs> Who's the greatest? The servant. Who's the servant? He learns the secret. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your neighbors as yourself. That's all that's in him. Amen. He took the time to die to self. Amen. And so this person becomes the servant of all. Amen. 
He gives everything. Paul says, I did not withhold anything profitable unto you. I gave it all away. <laughs> I gave it all away. So he became the greatest servant. So in the kingdom, the servant of all is the greatest. It's not about you. It is about the Lord doing his works, allowing for the greater works. Most people are consumed with themselves, concerned about themselves and their, and their ministry. Amen. And Haggai, I won't turn there for the sake of time, for my time is about spent. The Haggai, chapter 2, verse 9. The glory of the latter house shall be greater than that which is of the former, says the Lord of hosts. So, uh, I haven't adequately tied that point that when the person goes to heaven, there's work to be done on this earth. So the glory of the latter house shall be greater than that which is of the former, the double portion, the greater glory, so that the Lord can come back to fulfill all righteousness, so that the Lord can come back. Amen. There must be greater, greater glory to fill the house. The glory precedes the return of the Lord. Did you thought the Lord would return without glory? Hallelujah. Just like the king, the, the king's highway. They get things ready for the king. If there was not a highway, wherever the king was to go, they would pave a highway. Amen. Amen. A highway of glory. Hallelujah. Glory prepares the way for the king to to be in the house, to abide in the house, amen, to fill up the house, amen, with himself, amen. So the glory, glory comes by great cost. In other words, when you lay down the natural, I'll give you a quick example. Oh, I wish I had more time. My time is spent. The Bible says that is it any wonder that if we feed you spiritual things, that you would give carnal things. Amen. So speaking of money, so you laid down that which was natural. Why did you lay it down to get the spiritual or the that which was glorious? And so that's the way you occupy in this earth realm. You lay down the flesh. You lay down the natural to make place for the glorious. Ooh, hallelujah. And so one last scripture. Amen. I may be past my time. I've been bad about that, but I'm, I'm trying. First <laughs> Timothy chapter three, verse And it says, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was a manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world and received up in glory. So godliness, there's a mistress attached to godliness. Amen. They said great is the mystery. Mystery is a revelation. Mystery is something that you have to be initiated into. Amen. You have to agree. To want to receive the revelation as in the mystery. Amen. To commune with the mystery or to fellowship with the mystery. So there's a mystery in godliness. 
without contrast, greatest mystery of godliness, God was manifested in the flesh. And so the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is God. He was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit justified everything that he did, even his words. Amen. Seen by angels, preached amongst the Gentiles, believed on in the world. And then this last one, received up in glory, the mystery of being there when he ascended. You said, when was I there when he ascended? When you received the revelation of godliness, when you received the revelation of what it truly meant to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen. When you received the ministry gift that God had given unto you, now you began to be initiated in the mystery, greatest mystery of godliness. What is the last thing? That he was received up in glory. Hallelujah. So Father, the mystery, amen, I pray that your people would get a revelation of the mystery if they are there to see when the Lord ascended, amen. That's when the greater works needs to be done. Amen. That they would position their hearts to receive, to lay down their lives unto you. To lay down their flesh, to lay down themselves in service, in service unto you, Lord God. To receive the double portion and even of the double portion and to receive of the mantle, which is of the Lord. Amen. Which he gave even to his apostles. Amen. To operate in the strength of that mantle, the strength of that anointing. Father God, I know your people can understand. I know your people can receive. So help your people to understand and to receive the blessing which is of the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you for listening to the Christ Be Glorified Ministries audio podcast. For more information, visit ChristBeGlorifiedMinistries.com and you can also follow us on Facebook under Christ Be Glorified Ministries. Thank you so much and God bless you.